0: Test, test, test. Good evening. It's time to begin. If y'all come on in, we'll get started. I think this is a record crowd for Wednesday night. I guess y'all knew who was speaking, huh? The good thing about this is I get to introduce the speaker, which works out pretty well. Who who better to say nice things about the speaker than the speaker? <laughs> but my conscience, my conscience got to me, and uh, I says, I can't do, don't laugh at that, Tom. (laughs) I do have a conscience. Anyway, it got to me, and I decided, you know, I can't just get up here and brag on myself. And so I got the staff, I says, look, I I need y'all to help me out. I'm going to introduce myself tonight. Y'all give me some things to say. And so they flooded my box, you know. So I got all these envelopes, and the first one said, he's old and cranky. The second one said, when his door's shut, he's not studying, he's sleeping because he snores loud. The third one says, he lights up the room when he leaves. <laughs> so I tore him up and got rid of him, okay? I'll introduce myself. We're glad to have you all tonight in our summer series, uh, Conquerors or Conquered, is the theme, and we're going to be talking about Joshua. Uh, don't forget Ralph Henderson is back in the hospital. He's at Trinity Mother Francis, so pray for Ralph. And we got good news on Eli. He seems to be strengthened. This is the Wicks grandson. He seems to be strengthened somewhat, and uh, that's, that's really great news. Uh, don't forget Bill's daughter, Amanda, and she's supposed to Friday have her uh, that lumbar puncture, uh, so pray for her. And also for Holly Parrish, this is Ron and Jean's uh, daughter. Her cancer has come back. Uh, Jimmy Holder, uh, father of Jamie Holder, has fallen. He's now hospitalized. And I think they've got him moved already to a facility in College Station. That's what I heard coming up this uh, this evening. And also, go to the app. We've got many, many that we need to pray for. And so uh, we appreciate you if you would... Uh, Continue to pray for all these. And don't forget all those that have lost loved ones. We've got a, just a slew of people that have lost loved ones in this family. So we're going to turn over to Davy. davy has got uh, some songs for us. Stan's got a prayer mixed in there. And then I'll be back with you on Joshua. All right, let me tell you the truth about our guest speaker tonight. Donnie used to be a really good friend. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Donnie is a great
1: friend, and uh, he is a joy uh, to work with, and he and I spend a lot of time together,
0: but uh, I consider him a best friend and brother in Christ. I know he loves West Irwin. He loves the Lord. He loves the church. He loves his work, and uh, we're lucky and we're fortunate to have Donnie and Susie
1: with us here at West Irwin. 749. In heavenly
2: armor we'll enter the land, the battle belongs to the Lord, no weapon that's fashioned against us will stand, the battle belongs to the Lord, as we sing glory.
3: Good to see everyone tonight. A lot of smiling faces on a Wednesday evening. It's great to see everybody. Let's have a prayer, please. Lord, we are so thankful that we have assembled together tonight. We're thankful that you have blessed us with good health that allows us to be here. Lord, we respect you. We honor you, you are the creator of life, the creation, you are the great I am, and we never need to stop thinking about that or forget that, because you are God, you are the maker of all things, and we honor you for that. Lord, we fall short sometimes, every day actually, and we just pray that you'll help us to be better people, better Christians, walk a better life in this world, be an example to others. And when we have opportunity to do something in your son's name, help us do that. Help us to reach out and touch people who need to hear about your love your kindness your church Father we are thankful for so many things I mentioned life itself we have mentioned in prayer earlier and in the app and other places about those that are sick those who need your help and we just are so thankful that we can come to you in prayer. And we just ask you, Father, to reach out and touch those individuals that have been mentioned. Again, Father, we are humbled to be in your presence this Wednesday evening. We're thankful for the rain that you sent this afternoon. We've had heat advisories here in East Texas, and yet this rain came through, and it's very pleasant outside. And we thank you for the wonderful nature that you've provided us. All in all, Father, we thank you for Jesus, your son that you allowed to come to this earth. We pray that we'll always look to him in his word for guidance, and we're thankful for his life. Now, Father, as we continue in this Wednesday evening, Bible study, we pray that you'll be with Donnie. He's prepared a good lesson. Give him those words that he wants to share with us. Thank you for Davy and his ability to lead these great songs. Thank you, Father, for everyone in this auditorium tonight. It's always good to see friends and fellow Christian brothers and sisters. We treasure these moments. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: You know, we prayed for with, uh, for little Eli, Eli Hodges. This is the grandson of the Wicks, and it's always something how babies touch us, isn't it? When, especially when you see a baby that's suffered through that. Well, tonight we I'm offering you a special invitation to stick around because we're going to have two new births tonight. Uh, Jonathan, not Jonathan, <laughs> Ethan, Ethan, and Logan stone are going to be baptized tonight, so we're excited about that, I can't wait, unfortunately I won't be short, <laughs> giving you time to work up the courage, You know, so let's start, it's going to be audience participation, one word now, that's all I'm going to give you, one word, one word to describe Joshua, just say it out loud, courageous, courageous and a conqueror, Tom is looking at the slide. <laughs> He is a conqueror. (laughs) Good one, though. He is a conqueror. He's very courageous. Joshua was never afraid to do what God told him to do. What if you put that in your life today? I'm not afraid to do anything God told me to do. Would you walk out of here a better Christian? That's a good one. That's a good one. I wish I would put that in my notes. Who else? Anybody else? A leader. Excellent leader. Anybody else? trusted in God, his faith in God. How do you think he felt when he came back with the report, the 12 spies? He was was excited, wasn't he? That promised land is ready. It's ours. Let's go. Man, think how disappointed he was. What did God say about him? I want you to turn over to uh, Exodus, I mean, Numbers chapter 27. This is going to be our first introduction to Joshua. We're going to kind of move through the Bible and look at some things about Joshua, and then we're going to wrap it up. I got plenty of time. This is great. Numbers uh, 27, verse 18 through 20. Moses had come to the Lord and told him, says, Man, this is my translation of this. Lord, I'm getting old. And these people, (laughs) these Israelites, these stubborn, stiff necked Israelites you have given me have been a royal. Blessing to lead, (laughs) and I'm going my way. So you need to find someone else. And so look what God tells him uh, in where am I at? Verse eighteen. So the Lord said to Moses, "Take Joshua the son of Nun." What does your Bible say after that? A man in the spirit. A man in the spirit that's what I need to lead my people. I need a man in the spirit and also a man with a big stick. (laughs) Walk and talk. No, he didn't say that. He said, give me a man in the spirit. And boy, I sat back and I looked at that and that just blew me away. What does that mean to be a man in the spirit? Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. It's a man who loves God. It's a man who loves God. It's a man who is faithful to God. It's a man who values God's work. It's a man who worships God. It's a man who can lead if God calls him to do that. It's a man who loves the people no matter what they do, no matter how stubborn they are, no matter how difficult they are to get along, no matter how they don't listen to him. That's a man in the spirit. That's what I need to lead my people. And that's what Moses was too. He says, you go get Joshua. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good start. And then here's what we want you to do to Joshua. Let me find where I'm at. Go get Joshua and lay your hand on him. I want you to set him apart. I want you to set him apart for my service to lead my people. And then here's what else I want you to do. I want you to make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him. I'm in the English Standard Version, if you're wondering where that word commission comes from. I want you to commission him in his sight. I want you to give him some responsibility and give him a job in front of the people. I want the people to know who I picked to lead you, if you are an Israelite, (laughs) that's what I mean, to lead you. And then, here's what else you can do. You can invest him with some of your authority that all the congregation of the people of Israel may what? What's your Bible say? Obey. Obey. I want my people to obey me. And I want a man that knows what I want to lead these people. These people who have rebelled and bickered and griped and complained all the way through up to the promised land. That's what I want out of out of my man. And they pick. he picked Joshua. What a tremendous, tremendous guy. Give him some responsibility. Give him some authority. Some of your authority. And let's get going. Because where they're fixing to go where? Where are they trying to get to? Promised land, aren't they? This is what I've promised. This was my plan from the beginning of time. And I want you to finish it, Joshua. Now, I don't know what you would say. I might say something like, well, you know, like, can you give me an assistant leader job? (laughs) Something not quite so demanding, something not quite so out in front of the people. That wasn't Joshua, was it? It wasn't Joshua at all. Joshua was all those things that y'all said he was. So let me tell you from that verse what I got out of that, that God works with those who are in the Spirit. God works with those who are in the Spirit. And I think that's comforting. I think that's comforting, and I think that's reassuring, and I think that's scriptural too. So here's what I want to do. I can work this little projector. I want to go look at some events in Joshua's life. I have to apologize to you. I found I can't speak for about ten minutes, and I dry up. Let's go over to Exodus and look at some of these events. Where are we at? Exodus seventeen. This was the first battle, and so every every army needs a what? They need a general. They need someone in charge. And who who did Moses pick to be his general? Pick Joshua. I want you to go and find me some men and we fix them to go attack that king Amalek. And sure enough, Joshua did. Found him some men and went and attacked. And remember what happened to Moses when Moses had his hands up what was happening? We're winning. We're kicking them tails. I don't know if that's right to say. I'm sorry. And when the arms went down, what happened? We're losing. (laughs) We're getting whooped. And so they took Moses and they set him down on the rock and they propped his arms up, which incidentally, at my age, that would be a good job. (laughs) Prop my arms up and we'll just take it to the bank, you know. We'll go. And sure enough, look what happened. This is what's amazing. Look in, uh, I want to go look at verses towards 16. Let me see where I'm at. 17, oh, I've got to turn the page, sorry. Let me start in verse 13. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and the people with a sword. And then look at 14. This is, this is one I love. I just love this. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of the whole people. Is that what he said? No, I want you to read this to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name on it. The Lord is my banner. Now that's a good one. My, I'd like to see that right back there. Every time somebody gets up here to teach or preach, the Lord is my banner. Boy, there's a big spot right up above them squares that would look perfect. Every time we leave this building, we can look up there and we can see the Lord is my banner. I would like that. So whoever's over banners, let's look at that, see what we can do about that. Saying, a hand upon the throne of the Lord, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. I want Joshua to hear this. Because I believe with all my heart right now, God is telling Joshua, Man, I've got something special for you. I've got a job that I just don't think anybody, everybody can do. But you're the man I want to do. And I want you to hear this. I want you to see the results of this battle because I want you to know I'm going to be with you forever and ever. And I want you to know that I'm going I'm to fulfill everything I tell you I'm going to do for you. Is that something Joshua needed to hear? Oh, I think so too. Lane. I do. And I think all of us today need to hear that same thing. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's important for us. We need to know that, especially if we're going to live for that banner that will be up there in the next few weeks. The next thing I want to look at think about, I want you to think about that Joshua had something special going on over in Exodus 24. Just turn a few pages over. This is when uh, Moses went up the second time to get the tablets. And Joshua went with him in 24, verse 13. So Moses rose with his assistant, Joshua, and Moses went up to the mountain of God. And I want you to drop to 18, when Moses entered the cloud, went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain, how long? And who was with him? Man, (laughs) let me tell you, I don't know how old Joshua is right about now, 50-ish maybe, considered young in those days. Can you imagine being up there for 40 days and 40 nights and the Israelites, they were afraid to go up on the mountain, weren't they, Jim? <laughs> They saw all that smoke and all that lighting and all that rumbling. Oh, we don't want no part of that. <laughs> you go, Moses. You go take care of that. And there's Joshua right up there in the middle of it, soaking in everything he could, trying to see everything he could, because his man, his mentor, his brother, his Whatever word you want to use, Moses was there and he was going to be with him 40 days and 40 nights. You see his devotion to Moses. But now go over to Exodus 32. And what happens? They come down off the mountain. What does Joshua see? We see, oh, I didn't, I need to do that. The golden calf. The golden calf this is a man that uh that, that has is so faithful to god and i'm he's probably wondering what is wrong with everybody else i remember in that story moses goes to aaron aaron what what did you do well i i got these they, the people gave me this jewel i threw it in the fire and out jumped a what <laughs> a golden calf Sound like something I would say, (laughs) you know, out jumped the calf. So Joshua got to see Moses' anger. But more importantly, Joshua got to see who else's anger. Saw God's anger, didn't he? And he saw how God punished him. Go to the next one. Let me do my slide, and that way you'll know where we're going over in 33 the tent of meeting interesting little verse in here in verse 11 this is right after the golden calf so moses sets him up a tent there's a lot of discussion a lot of people thought this little tent of meeting was a tabernacle a lot of them thought it was just a separate tent i'm one of the, i'm in the separate tent camp i think moses would go out of the camp i think he wanted god to come meet with him there and i think he wanted to keep that away from the people for what they had done. And so Moses was at this tent of meeting talking to God, said he talked to God like he was face to face. Now that's amazing to me. Well, I mean, I don't think, it's just the next chapter God tells Moses, well, you're not going to see my face, you're going to die. But here he's talking to him like friends do face to face. I think, I don't know what it looked like, I think it was some kind of manifestation where where God communicated with Moses, but they did it on a friendship basis. It shows their relationship. I think it was as much as a man could bear in the the circumstance. But look at that verse 11. This is what got me. And I tried to read and read and find out, and I finally decided I'm just going to take this as what it says. 33, did I say 33? 33, 11. Verse 11. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. This is when he would go into that separate little tent. As a man speaks to his friend, when Moses turned again to go back into the camp, who was there? Joshua. His assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man would not depart from the tent. So there's all kind of things people say about that, that he was just guarding the tent, keeping people away. You know what I think? If everybody else could give their opinion, I think I've got one too. I think Joshua knew that God was going to be at that tent with Moses, and he wasn't going to miss it. More than anything else, he was going to be as close as God would allow and try to absorb as much as he can. There's our second thing we need to leave with. I want to be with God as close as I can, as often as I can, as much as I can. If you put that in your life, would that make you a better Christian? I wish I wrote that down. I can't even remember what I said now. <laughs> I want to be with God as much as I can, as often as I I wouldn't write. If somebody gets, well, we're on tape. Somebody out there in live stream, tell me what I said. Because I like that. I would like to make a lesson out of that or something. But my point is here was Joshua. Here was Joshua trying to be in the presence of God because he knew that's what was going to make him stronger. And he knew that was what's going to make him better. That would be another good one for us to do. That's what you need to tell Logan and Ethan. (laughs) You know, it's going to be God that's going to make them better. Great kiddos now. I mean, already, boy, I just can't wait for tonight. All right, next one. next event I want to look at. Numbers 13 and 14. not even going to read all that. They're trying to get into the promised land, so he sends how many spies? I know you know that. I'm just trying to make sure you're all awake. He sends 12 spies in. Ten of them come back, or all of them come back. Uh, Joshua and Caleb, they're ready to go, aren't they? It's ours for the taking. Who's on their side? Who'd they say was on their side? Man, I am on the Lord's side. That would be a great song, wouldn't it? man, let's go get it. Let's go get it. What are we waiting on? Put me in, coach. You could just, Moses holding him back. He's going, let me go get him, you know? And then 10 people come up and say, what? We can't do it. We can't do it. They're too big. They're fortified cities. There's no way we can do that. And Joshua and Caleb, I think, are probably pulling their hair. The people started to stone them. Can you imagine? They picked up a stone. Moses and Aaron fell down on their face to pray. And Joshua and Caleb stepped up in between them and said, What are y'all thinking? This is, once again, this is my translation. Y'all are a bunch of knuckleheads. It's not going to be us that win this thing. It's going to be God. God is, this is God's battle. It's not us. They wouldn't have anything to do with it, would they? Can you imagine how disappointed Joshua was to hear those words? Sorry, I got to lubricate. And so, as it was, did God get mad? Who entered the promised land out of that whole passel of people? Joshua and Caleb was it, you know. Here's a point. God listens. God heard everything those ten spies said. He heard everything that was said to their neighbors. He heard everything that the neighbors said to their neighbors. And let me tell you something. When we come up and we criticize something here in the church, we talk against somebody in church, and we are negative about what we're trying to do, God listens. I want us to understand that. God hears what we say, and it matters. It matters so much what we say. Next one. Let's go to Numbers 27. Did I do that right? That's the next one. Get a new leader. A new leader was Joshua. And, of course, that passage I read in in, in verse... uh, in verse 20 about the man in the spirit, we know that he picked him, uh, he picked Joshua. I, I better, hang on a second, let me get my notes. I done outran my notes. But We see Joshua take over for Moses, and we see that answer to God, and it was just such a beautiful thing, a, a man in the spirit. I'm not going to say anything else about it because I want to go to this one. So now we go into the book of Joshua, and it's a great book. And we see these Tremendous, glorious victories. I mean, the first battle right out of the box was where? Jericho. <laughs> Jericho. I mean, who, who wouldn't have liked to have seen that one? Oh, Hollywood couldn't do that justice, could they? That was a work of art from God, to just crumble that city down, and then people marching around. Can you imagine? I would have loved to heard some of the things they said to each other as they were marching around. Here we go again. <laughs> Day five, ain't nothing happened. They're hollering at us from the wall. They're jeering at us. They're making fun of us. Here we go again. Day six, here we go again. Day seven, oh my word. <laughs> God works. God works. But then you turn right around, they go to Ai, and what happens? The sin of one person. One person got them kicked, didn't they? They got a little dose of reality in AI. And what happened to that family? Can't tell me. Can't tell me God didn't get fed up with us sometimes. That's why I don't like standing on sandy soil. (laughs) I'm afraid God opened that earth and there I go sometimes. As good as I think I am, I, I know I disappoint Him so so bad. We all do. And I think he sits around there sometimes and goes, that West Irwin, they got it all. They make me so mad. <laughs> but I love them. I love them. And if I could ever get them to depend on me, they're going to walk mightily among this earth. And Tyler will never have seen anything like them. Do you believe that? You know, I do. Then we see the effects of, of Faith. What, how God can carry us to tremendous heights on our faith, how low we can drop on our sin. Also in the book, we see these deceptions. We, we see what happens when the men of Gibeon, they come up, you know, and they, they get together and say, hey, we cannot stand against the Israelites and their God. <laughs> there is no way. Let's go deceive them. And so they go, they dress up, and old, you know the story. They go dress up, and they tell them, we come from way away, and we need to make a treaty with you. And so they don't consult God. They don't do anything. They say, okay, no problem. And they find out. And then the five kings, they come up, and they all get together. and they say, man, we've got to stop these Israelites. And so they attack Gibeon. And God comes in and works and just carries Israel to victory. He does all the work. <laughs> throws them in a panic. Can you imagine an army set out to attack? Five armies strong, and they all of a sudden turn and attack each other? I'd love to have seen that. That would have been a good one. And then we see the danger of what happens when we don't consult God. And then, of course, in the end of the book, we see the conquering and division of the land. So, I think this is the most important one. Look with me if you would over in Judges. Judges chapter one. We see what happens after Joshua had passed. Judges one twenty seven. Just gonna read a few verses there. Whoops, I'm on chapter two. That's not gonna work. That's not going to work either. There it is. We see about, we look at that list of all the tribes that didn't drive out their inhabitants. And it just, it was an incomplete conquest. But then I want to go over in the second chapter in verse 10. And after they had passed, after Joshua had passed, after that group of elders that served them, after they had passed, and all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who revered and honored the word of God. Did I read that right? <laughs> no. A generation that did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. That was in chapter 2, verse 10. And I think, I think that aspect of his leadership speaks volumes. What happened after Joshua was gone? So, what about his legacy? If you can say anything about Joshua, he was a servant. He was a servant to Moses. He was a servant to the people. He was a great man of faith, a great man of courage. We said all these things. He was a godly leader. He led from a position of faithful power. I like that one too. A position of faithful power. That's where Joshua led from. There was really two ways in Joshua's life it was God's way or no way, <laughs> you know, and that's how he was. And I think he, he showed us that in the way he led his people. He inspired holiness in his people, they were faithful, faithful children of God under his leadership. But he was also a prophet. He And uh, in, in, remember when he prophesied about Jericho, if anybody tries to rebuild this city, uh, talking about Jericho, he's going to have trouble in his family. He's going to lose sons. And sure enough, we see that fulfilled in, in 1 Kings 16 and 34. So, all for this. I've got just a few minutes left. It's perfect. When uh, we sat around, I don't know when we did it, Davey might remember when we were thinking about what could we do for summer series that could be more than we did last summer, <laughs> you know, when we were just completely shut down. And so we got to about looking at titles, and it was Davy that came up with our title, you know, and it was so great. So this whole theme that we've been looking at and thinking about, really, how are we going to be conquerors in a time of a pandemic? And I think basically that's where we were going at with it. when we were looking. But we can apply it to all kind of a... How are we going to be conquerors in a city like Tyler, Texas that's trying to grow and trying to support itself? A city in need of a savior. How can we be conquerors in that kind of environment? Or how can we be conquerors in an environment where just in a three-block radius of of our building is poverty. How can we be conquerors in that situation? So we've got our work cut out for us. So I have, I think it's six things that, that I want to talk about. And number one is conquerors are patient in the hard times. They realize that God is still at work song that kids sing, God's still working on me? How's it go? You know, God's still working on me. Cute little song. Kids sing it, they love it. Why don't we live it? <laughs> and realize that God is still working on us. When we hit crisis in our life, attitudes that we once had, when we're facing it, when we're living it, and we're trying to get through we change. <laughs> we change. We get softer towards some things that we used to be rigid about. When it's in our family, it all of a sudden it becomes different, doesn't it? God's still working on us. And we need to be patient about that and let him work on us and open up our hearts to let him move us to what we need to do. So that's one way to be a conqueror. The second way is that we got to be strong and courageous. You go to that passage in Joshua 1, 5 through 9, how many times did God tell him to be strong and courageous? Then he tells him, you're fixing to take over my people. You better be very strong and courageous, you know? And he told him that. But then he says, you know what else? Just like I was with Moses, I am never going to leave you. And I'm never going to forsake you. If... You hold on to my words. My word. (laughs) Do you ever feel alone? Do you feel like he doesn't pay attention to you? Do you feel like you're lost and alone out there in this world, this cold, cruel, fallen world? Do you feel like you're out there by yourself with no help? Man, get back in the word. (laughs) Get back in the word and get back on your knees. That's going to bring you closer to God. Be strong and be courageous. And I guarantee you, the first time you're at work and all that trash talk is going on, and you just make a statement like, you know what, I don't have to hear this, and you walk out, you're going to walk out and you're going to feel good about yourself. And you're going to make people notice you. And you'll probably catch a little flack about it, but you're going to be stronger for doing that. And you see somebody at the Burger King or, or, or Whataburger, wherever you go, and there's a little, little waitress, and she's, she's got tears in her eyes, and you say, is there anything I can help you with? And boy, she gives you this story, her husband's beating her, and he's left her, and you don't know what I'm going to do, and she goes, I have a church. I have a place you can come to. It's a refuge you can find out about God's love for you, and you're going to feel better walking out of there after you've done that you didn't hurt nobody you ain't hurt you gave her some hope be strong and courageous i will never leave you i will never forsake you i think i've done gone to preaching this is supposed to be a bible class isn't it i'm sorry number three how else can we become conquerors well i can tell you like joshua he doesn't quit conquerors don't quit They're God's reliable warriors. i got to read this. Go to to Joshua, the third chapter. I want to read this passage to you. I love that. I found that. That wasn't my word, reliable warriors. I've never heard that, and I fell in love with it. I'm going to tell Tucker about it. That might be a good name for a youth function or something like that. Be a reliable warrior. This was right before they crossed the Jordan to go into the promised land. And look what Joshua tells him. And he commanded the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried on by the Levitical priest, then you shall set out on your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you. This is not where I wanted to read. Oh, it's in verse 5. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will what? What's your Bible say? do amazing things among you. I can't wait till the day that we have a special service and it's nothing but praise for God and telling us, everybody, about the amazing things He has done this past week when we stepped out in faith and we were strong and courageous. Won't that be a good one? Write that down, Wade. (laughs) That's another. I I want you to take care of the banner, and I want you to get that service together. I feel like I'm making a teacher making assignments up here. I got one for you too, Galen. Hang in there. But I just think that that would be a great thing. I talked to this waitress, and guess what happened? She came to Wednesday night Bible class on my ladies' night and fell in love with him. And people prayed for her, and they loved on her. You can't tell me she didn't need that in her life. Be strong and courageous and don't quit. Don't quit. Be a reliable warrior because God's going to do something amazing in your life. I think I see people in the back. How can we become conquerors? Conquerors do not fight their battles alone. Who did Joshua give the credit to? Who did we sing about? The battle belongs to who? Ah, wasn't that a great song? The battle belongs to the Lord. Conquerors realize that we are not alone and God does it all. It ain't about us. It is not about us. The only thing that is about us is to how faithful we can be, how courageous we can be, and how much we can step out on faith depending upon God. Exactly what Joshua did. I keep, I'm sorry, I'm beeping y'all. I think I'm hitting the laser too. Last one. How can we become conquerors? Because conquerors take the challenge. The challenge that, that, that God had given him, and I, the kids are out there, and i got to read. I'm i just going to read it from my notes. i got to find it first. I'm sorry. Because this is too good. He challenged him in three ways. In Joshua 24 and 14, it says, Therefore, fear the Lord. That's the first challenge. Fear the Lord. Second challenge, serve him in sincerity. And then the last one, serve him in faithfulness three good challenges so conquerors take the challenges and they accept them and they go on lastly they make the right choices and guess what choice joshua made you go serve what god you want as for me and my family what say it one more time as for me and my family there we go that's it let's pray Man, gracious Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for uh, this example of Joshua. And Father, may we ever be children of faith. May we ever be, make you proud and be the church you need us to be in Tyler. Father, bless us as only you can. I ask your blessings on, on Ethan and Logan tonight. And as they make this tremendous step in their life. Father, bless them. We have seen them grow up here. And be with their whole family as they celebrate this night tonight, Father. We love you so much. in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I think they're ready, so if you want to watch this, just stick around. I think, David, you got some songs for us until they get ready? they're back there preparing for the baptism, get a songbook and turn to number 902, 902.
1: In my mind coming down those steps, they totally just slide down, and <laughs> so uh, I made it. <laughs> <sighs> what a special time this is in my prayer life. I prayed for a lot of things. One of the things I prayed a lot about is the blessing to baptize my children. Ethan and Logan, before y'all were born, your mom and I prayed for this time. We love you. We're so very proud of you. We're blessed to be your parents and what a blessing this is. One of the things I want y'all to remember is this this is the beginning of your story. Um, <laughs> um, I want y'all to remember and I pray that y'all always grow in faith Knowledge and grow closer and closer to Christ. I also want you to remember that in tough times in life, then there will be some tough times in your life. That you remember that you are now or will be and have a lot of brothers and sisters around you that love and care for you and that you can lean on. More importantly, your Savior will be there. All you need to do is lay your worries and your stresses at his feet. And as Donnie just said, God makes you better. Ethan, what do you believe? I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for the remission of our sins and he rose and because that, we can be baptized and receive the blood of Christ. Logan, what do you believe? I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and He died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Good stuff. Through this baptism, this kind of a response of your faith, you have shown that you are chosen, cho- have chosen as God to be your Lord and Savior. You'll receive the uh, Spirit, like we read about in Acts 2, and you'll also gain an intercessor, that like we read about in Romans 8. Ethan, let's face this way. Based on your confession, confession, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the Son, and in the Holy Spirit. And I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
2: And loving Heavenly Father, tonight my heart is full of thanksgiving and love for your sending your Son to this earth to die on the cross so that we have an avenue through the shedding of His blood of salvation through obedience to your will. I am so blessed, Heavenly Father. To be here and have the opportunity to witness the baptism of my grandsons, Ethan and Logan. And I'm so thankful to you for all that has been done to help bring them to this decision tonight. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will hold their hand and watch over them and guide them as they begin their new walk in Christ as your adopted sons and as our spiritual brothers. I pray, Heavenly Father, that they have many, many years of faithful service in your kingdom. Father, I'm thankful for their parents, Laurie and Jonathan, the raising of Ethan and Logan, their wisdom, their influence, their example, and for all that they do for the kingdom. And I'm thankful, Heavenly Father, for your church, for this congregation, for the elders, for our the youth program and all of those who have helped work with the youth here and otherwise, that have helped influence and encourage Ethan and Logan so that they made this decision tonight to become your children. Pray, Heavenly Father, that in everything that we do, we glorify thee today and every day forgive us of our sins. In Christ's name.